Hello Royals, happy Friday, and welcome back to This Day in History. I'm your host, Sean Cavanaugh. The only announcement I have for today is that This Day in History is finally on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I figure out how to make a companion podcast for the show, so with this, if you search TDIH on Spotify, you'll find my podcast, or you can search by my name. With that out of the way, let's get to the history. On this day in 1886, the Statue of Liberty was dedicated. I shouldn't have to explain what the statue is. It's one of the most iconic landmarks of America, if not the entire world. The image of a large green statue of a woman holding a torch is known to many. But when you think of it, though, that's all most people know. If you were to ask someone to give more information about the statue, the only other thing they could say is that it's in New York City. That's about it. With this, let's go over the history of the statue. The statue was originally proposed by a French man named Edouard de Laboulaye. He was a law professor and politician who wanted to commemorate the bond between America and France during the American Revolution. During the war, France was a key element in why America succeeded. A sculptor named Frédéric Auguste Bartholdi was then contacted to design the statue. The statue was based off of the Roman goddess Libertas, the god of liberty. She was designed to hold a torch and a book called a tabula and sada. The idea was that the tablet would symbolize the concept of law. It also had the date of the Declaration of Independence inscribed on it. And for keen observers, or people who have aerial views, the statue even has a shackle at its feet. This was to symbolize how America broke away from the tyrannical bondage of the British. After the design was finished, the Americans and French had to figure out logistically how to make this work. It was proposed that both countries would finance this project while the Americans found suitable land for the statue. This wasn't exactly an easy task, though. America had a tough time raising money, and it wasn't until Joseph Pulitzer stepped in that donations started to come in. He promised that he would publish the name of any donor who donated any amount. With this, donations from people of all walks of life, such as poor children, alcoholics, and for some reason people in Iowa, all came in. In the end, the United States had raised about $300,000, and France had raised $250,000. Congress also soon approved the site on Bedloe's Island, which would later be renamed to Liberty Island. With all this out of the way, manufacturing of the statue started. Fun fact, the statue was actually made with copper sheets, so the original color of the statue was not green, but copper-colored. The statue turned green over time due to oxidation. If the statue was built today, I'm sure they wouldn't use copper whatsoever. Copper was just really cheap back then. Anyways, the sheets were sent over to America in around 200 crates. They were unpacked and put together over the frame to create the statue. The final rivet was put in on this day, and President Grover Cleveland presided over the ceremony. The statue really became a symbol of American liberty and prosperity when Ellis Island opened nearby. For many immigrants, this larger-than-life statue was the first thing they saw when entering America. Considering that this nation is an immigrant nation, Having the symbol of America only made sense. With that, that was the history of the Statue of Liberty. On a personal anecdote, though, the statue is gigantic. Usually when you see something in real life, it's often smaller than you expect it to be. Not the Statue of Liberty. I remember I saw it on an 8th grade school trip to the statue, and it was just huge. I still have the memory of me looking up at the statue and just fully realizing just how big it is. Anyways, that's it for today, Royals. Thank you for listening, and have a good Friday.